Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Well, good morning. Um, I'm super excited to be bringing the message this morning. As Matt said, my name is Jake. If we've not met, I'm the youth pastor here at the church. I'm obviously not from here. Um, normally people can, can tell that quite quickly. I don't know if it's the accent or the, the cowboy boots. But, you know, regardless, um, you know, I would love, would love to meet you later on. But as Matt said, I'm, I'm the youth pastor here. I'm also a youth worker at, at this school, at Oriwa College. But one of the coolest things about my job as a youth worker is getting to talk to young people and answer questions. My favorite questions are ones about life, ones about faith. I love it when they ask me about God because it's then in those moments where I can talk to them about Jesus. And I love that. There was, um, there was a moment uh, earlier this year actually where a few of my boys, they, they came in during morning tea and they said, oh, Jake, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, oh, well, I'm probably going to work out on Saturday, and then I'll have youth on Sunday. We're going to have a massive party. You guys should come. They said, oh, well, we have have a party on on Saturday and on Sunday. Uh, What's your party going to be like? And I said, well, we're going to go out, and there's going to be music, and there's going to be free food, and we're going to blow stuff up. And it was then that I knew that I got their attention. But um, they said, okay, well, yeah, yeah, sure, I'd be interested in coming. And so Throughout that week, I was messaging them on our Instagram, just back and forth, giving them bits of information. Now, to kind of paint this picture for you, um, we don't do youth work just with anyone. These are young people that are at risk, that a lot of people find normally in the dean's office or at home because they just got stood down. And so, as we were having this conversation, I invited them into this party, um, I said, look, we would love to have you. You're going to have free food. You're going to have drinks. We're going to have a good time. There's going to be girls there. And no, I'm not saying that like I'm, I'm uh, flirting, like the whole flirt to convert thing. I'm not forcing, you know, um, children to date so they can come to church. But if that works, then that's fine. But um, <laughs> on the day, on, it, was, it was a Sunday afternoon that we had this gathering of all the vineyard churches Nine young men who had never stepped foot in a church, who had never heard the name of Jesus, came to a gathering where they met people. They met a community of believers where they met the Holy Spirit. And I asked them after, I said, I said, boys, how was that? And they go, oh, it was lame. It wasn't any good. But as they turned away, I could see the smile on their face as they got into the car and left. And it's something that they would come and speak to me about for the rest of the term. In the heart of God, he's calling all of us to seek and to save the lost. For people to be found in his church. And so this morning... That's what we're going to journey through. What does that look like 
How can we do that? So before we jump in, I would love to pray. I'd love to pray for us and just invite the Holy Spirit. I actually have a, um, a prayer that I found out of this common book of prayer that I picked up at an op shop uh, that I think will help us set the morning. Sound good? Amazing. Well, let's pray. Blessed Lord, who has caused all Holy Scripture to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such ways hear them, read them, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your Holy Word, may we embrace and hold fast the blessing and the hope of everlasting life which you have given us, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, so if you're new here, welcome. It is amazing, amazing to have you. If you haven't come for a while, well, welcome back home. Once again, it's amazing to have you. We're going to be jumping into the book of Nehemiah. We're in a series called Grand Design, kind of walking through this book. And so if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you, we can turn to the book of Nehemiah now. If you don't have your Bible, that's fine. We're going to put all of them up on this screen. Um, so it's like you have the biggest Bible here, and you're now the holiest in the room. So that's awesome. Um, but to give you a little bit of background about the book of Nehemiah. Scholars believe that it was written in the 4th century BC, so long time ago. Um, and they believe that Ezra wrote it with a, uh, it was a combined book of Ezra and Nehemiah. And these books tell of how the Persian King Cyrus in 538 BC decreed that the Jewish people could go back to Jerusalem and rebuild their sacred temple. About 50,000 people returned home after decades of exile in Babylon. Now, Ezra, he led the people to build the temple. And Nehemiah led the people to build the wall. But more than that, Nehemiah's main focus was to help these people remember who they are, where they come from, and invite them back to being the people of God together. And I believe today that God is inviting us to do the same thing. To remember who we are. To remember what his church was made for. And to be his people together. So we're going to go ahead and jump in. So Nehemiah chapter 2 verses 12, and it says this, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. Now then, the question is, what did God put in Nehemiah's heart? Well, we can get a little bit of context from the chapter before. In Nehemiah chapter 1, Verses 2 through 4, and it says this, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. And I also asked them about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the providence, 
and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gate has been burned with fire. And when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. And then as we jump down into verse 9, this is God speaking. And he says this, But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place that I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. You see, God put it on Nehemiah's heart to gather the people and rebuild what had been broken. But the only way to gather them again is if they're safe. To have a safe place protected where they can be together again. And I want us to focus quickly on a few words in that scripture in chapter 2, verses 12. And it was, God put into my heart. You see, God once again put a desire into Nehemiah's heart to invite people back and invite people to flourish. And that's the heart of God, is to see all people, all people come into the family of God to bring people back into the family of God. Now, it's important for us to remember that we're not building this church just for ourselves. We're not, we're not building Coast Vineyard for ourselves. No, 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 no. We're, we're opening the doors wide open for people who are far from God in our communities so that they can know the mercy, so that they can know the grace, so that they can know the love of our Savior, so that they can know Jesus. We open our doors wide and we say, come, know Jesus, because there's people out there There's people out there in our community who need him desperately. God put a desire in Nehemiah's heart, a desire to gather people. And he's calling us to do the same. He's inviting us to invite people to receive, to receive his goodness. And to join his family. So this morning, I would love for us to consider three things. Number one, I'd love for us to consider that we would ask God to give us a love for those far from him. In the verses that we just read, we saw that phrase, God put it into my heart. Now, the Old Testament, uh, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And so that phrase God put into my heart is Natan Leb in Hebrew. Can we all say that? Natan Leb? Let me hear you. Perfect. Who would have known? Who would have known you don't know how to speak Jewish? That's beautiful. Okay. So Natan Leb, which means to bestow, to give, to consecrate within my heart, within my soul, within my inner person. God gave Nehemiah this deep desire within his inner person to bring people back into the city of Jerusalem. 
And God is inviting us to have that same deep desire to gather people into the community of God. The word church. So once again, Old Testament was written in Hebrew. New Testament was written in Greek. And when we see the word church written in the New Testament, it is the word ecclesia. The word ecclesia means the called out ones. We are the called out ones. See, the church is not a building, which we don't even have a building. (laughs) We're in a school hall. (laughs) It's not this. It's not this building. It's not a 90-minute gathering or service. The church is a movement. The church is a movement of God, and we are called to move out. We are called to move out and participate in the kingdom of God coming right here, right now, as on earth, as it is in heaven, as on earth, as it is in heaven. And this is our DNA. This is who we are. If we even think about the birth story of the church in Acts chapter 2, we see the disciples gathering. They are then filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're sent out to all the nations to preach the gospel, to bring the good news. We also see Peter standing up to address the crowd, and he tells them about Jesus. He tells them about their Savior, and that very day. 3,000 people were added to the church. What would happen if 3,000 people showed up at church next Sunday? How would it make us feel? What would it be like? What would it be like to see a revival happen on the Hibiscus Coast that drastically changes the world? What would that be like? And that's our birth story. That's where we come from. Gathering gathering together is very important. It is. It's a very important thing. But also, going out and inviting and bringing people in, into the church, that is important. We sometimes go, we sometimes, we get so fixated on the gathering. We get so fixated on us. We get so fixated on our spirituality and our walk with God and our moment with Jesus and our worship time. And and yes, those are very valid, but we get so easily fixated on them sometimes that we forget that there's people out there that have never heard the name of Jesus. We forget that this is what we are called to do. We are called to bring people in. We're made for us. Yes, we are. We're made for community. It's all throughout scripture. We're made for each other. But we're also made for them. For those on the outskirts. For those far from Christ. We exist as a church, not just for ourselves. We exist for the people out there who have this spiritual openness. Talk to anybody, right? Spirituality is a massive thing right now. Ask somebody, oh, are you a spiritual person? Well, nine out of 10 times they're going to say yes. But we exist for those people with an openness who don't know Jesus yet, who don't have a relationship with Christ. We exist for the people on Riverside Road. 
We exist for the people on Fungaproa Road. We exist for your neighbor. We exist for your colleague. We exist for the person that you met at the coffee shop who you're a little bit nervous to talk to about Jesus, but you kind of feel that nudging of the Holy Spirit to just step out of your comfort zone and say, hey, maybe you'd like to come and just check it out. Because the lean of the church from the very beginning has always been outward. The lean of the church has always been to those outside of its gatherings. We exist so that we can call people back home to be with a God who knit them together in their mother's womb. We reach out to everyone so that they can know the real life that is found in relationship with a community of believers and a relationship with their heavenly father. Mark chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 says, While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Church, Coast Vineyard should be the safest place in all of the Hibiscus Coast for the doubters, for the skeptics, for the haters, for the unbelievers, for the unchurched, because our church is filled with people who love those far from God. We should be a church with wide open doors saying, no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter what baggage you have, you are welcome here because Jesus, his heart is to see everyone, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from that they would come and find love and salvation in his church. So number one, that we would ask God to give us a heart for those far from him. Number two, that we would recapture the power of invitation. Now, I've recently seen a study and it stated that most people will come to church from, for either one of four reasons. And we have those reasons up here on the screen. So they will either come because of advertisements, so things like our social media, things like our Facebook, things like the billboards that we put on the road. They also come for, from pastoral invitation. They'll come from organized evangelical campaigns, Things like our outreaches or our community meals, the amazing things that we do from our community, and also friends and family. Now, um, we're going to get, uh, I have a little activity for you to do right now. 
I want you to turn to the person next to you. We're going to take a few seconds here, and I want you to discuss what you think the order is here. What you think, you know, uh, probably most people come because of this. Maybe the next is that. We'll take a few seconds. Let's turn to our neighbor and discuss that. So um, let's take a bit of a consensus. Who thinks most is from advertisement? Yep. My man's. Okay. Yep. Advertisement. Okay. What about pastoral invitation? Anybody? Okay. Oh, yep. I see that hand. Praise God. Okay. Um, Organized evangelical campaigns. Nice. Strong, sister. You stay there. All right. Um, Friends and family. Wow, you're so smart, aren't you? Okay, can we show them the answers, please? Amazing. Nice, Catherine. Good job. Okay, so here we go. 2% of people will come to church for the first time because of advertisement, because of the posts that we put up weekly uh, that we really, you know, think about how beautiful it should look on our Instagram page. Um, 2% of people will come, and that's amazing. That's great. That's somebody coming to church for the first time, and we love that. Second, pastoral invitation, 6%. That's awesome. 6% of people will come because of an organized evangelical campaign, and 86% of people, and I don't know, maybe you guys saw my notes or you're just really smart, but 86% of people will come to church for the first time because of friends and family. Now, as I mentioned earlier on, um, I'm obviously not from here. My wife, Grace, she grew up on the coast. She is a coastie through and through. She was uh, raised in Stanmore Bay. She went to Kingsway School. Um, So she brought me home. And in February of 2021, we moved here. I mean, you all moved here, so I was expecting a bit more, you know. Woohoo! All right. Uh, But that's fine. As a lot of you could imagine, because knowing some of you, you know, we're all not from here, Um, we have to meet people. And meeting people is hard. So for Grace and I, we knew that when we moved, we needed to do two things. Number one, we knew that we needed to find a church. That's the center of everything in our life. We went to Bible college, so you'd think hopefully, you know, they would want to find a church. Second is finding a gym. Why? (laughs) Well, no, I'm just kidding. No, No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's fine. Um, but yeah, second is finding a gym because we wanted to be around like-minded people who valued very similar things to us. And that's important to us. And so we started going to church out in the city and it was awesome. It was a really awesome church. We absolutely loved it, but we were driving from Stanmore Bay into the city trying to build community and it just was quite difficult to do. And we were going to a gym that we didn't really talk to anybody. And so that wasn't great. And then COVID hit. And so we definitely didn't know anybody. And so when 2022 came around, we had just finished traveling in the States. And and we came back in May, I believe. Um, And that's when we found Coast Vineyard. And it's also where we found our gym, H1, which is up, up the road in Silverdale. And uh, when we started going to this gym, obviously, uh, once again, you meet people, and so you have to go through the, hi, what's your name, Um, you know, where are you from, what's your job? Actually, the person that I first met from this gym is actually in the room right now. Um, I won't say their name, but the first person to introduce themselves is in the room, which which is amazing. Um, 
And so, you know, oh, what's your name? I'm Jake. I'm obviously not from here. I'm from America, but I just lived in Sydney the last few years. So, you know, and what do you do? Well, um, you know, sometimes people get a, a bit a bit weird when you're like, oh, I, 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 work, for a, I work at a church. I'm a, I'm a pastor. Um, but I think maybe because I'm American and maybe just a bit ah, like, ah, ah, you know, out there, um, I just do it anyway because I like to see kind of how they react. Um, so I said, oh, I'm, I'm a youth pastor. I'm, I'm a youth pastor at a local church down the road. Um, we passed my offices when we do a run around the block, which is always pretty cool, unless you're skipping out on work and then your boss sees you're running, um, <laughs> which I've never done. But, you know, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, it's, oh, I'm, I'm a youth pastor at a, at a local church. And sometimes the conversation continues Sometimes it stops, and we talk about something else. But in those moments um, of just letting them know, once again, I love it. I love to see how they react, but it's a seed. Right there. It's a seed. Maybe God will use that for now. Maybe not. But it's a seed. A few, uh, a few weeks ago, a few, maybe a month ago or so, um, a few things started happening. I'd now been in that community for a year-ish. And someone came up to me and they go, hey, you, you go to that church, Coast Vineyard, don't you? Y- yeah, 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 I, I go there. I, yeah, I kind of I go there quite often. <laughs> um, okay, do they have a kids program? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, you should come. I, I know the kids pastor. She's awesome. It's, a, it's an amazing kids program. Our volunteers are amazing. And they came that Sunday. Someone else asked, oh, do you guys, do you guys have a youth ministry? I said, yeah, we do. And it's amazing. The youth pastor is so good looking. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But the youth pastor is so good looking. No, I'm just kidding. No, but... People say, oh, well, you know, we're, we're, looking, for this, we're looking for a church. We haven't, we haven't come to church in a long time. People start asking about God. People start asking questions about life. I had a, a few couples in this gym. They, they connected with Grace and I, my wife. And, um, and we were able, through that relationship, through the gym, oddly enough, to invite them into church. And now they're here, and they're a part of this family, and they come every week, and it has nothing to do with us, because we just go and we sweat, and we most of the time want to throw up, but like we just go in at the gym, of course, yeah, at the gym, of course, but we just, we, <laughs> not here, not here, obviously, not here, sometimes, but maybe not, but all we did, all that we did was plant a seed, and you never know what can happen. And like, look, let's, let's be really honest about inviting people to church. Yeah, it's really scary because it's really vulnerable. But church, this is what we're called to. We're called to recapture the power of invitation. And over the pandemic years, you know, Let's be honest, many of us 
have just been trying to survive. And we are tired. But, but at some point, we have to move forward. We acknowledge what was, but we also acknowledge what is. And we move forward. And we remember that we are called to bring people home. That we are called to throw open the doors and say, welcome home. You are welcome here. John chapter 1 verses 40 through 46, says this. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you're Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated to Peter. The next day, the, the very next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Come and see. And I could only imagine what Andrew and what Philip saw and heard as they sat across the table from Jesus, as they sat and heard him speak of the kingdom of God. And I wonder, have you, have you ever experienced the joy of inviting someone to come and see? And they do, and good things happen. I want us to pause for a moment and just think. Think about the first time that you came to church. What was it like? What did it feel like? What did it sound like? How did you start coming? Who invited you? How can you be that person for someone else? Number three. Be willing to step out. So we had number one, asking God to give us a love for those far from him. Number two, to recapture the power of invitation. And number three, be willing to step out. Be willing to step out. Exodus 3, verses 10 through 12 says this. But Moses said, no, Lord, don't, don't send me. I've never been a good speaker, and I haven't become one since you began to speak to me. I'm a poor speaker, slow and hesitant. The Lord said to him, Who gives man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or dumb? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? It is I, the Lord. Now go. I will help you to speak, and I will tell you what to say. 
Church, God isn't looking for you to be perfect or clean cut. He's looking for us to be willing. To be willing to love those who are far from him. To invite those closest to you. And who knows? Five seconds of courage could change someone's eternity. Five seconds of courage of inviting someone in to the church. And who knows? They, they, could, they could come. And then they could meet with God. And then they could encounter the Holy Spirit. And then who knows what could happen. But five seconds of courage could change someone's life. You see, Coast Vineyard started 10 years ago next month. And it all came out of our pastors, Matt and Jacinda's willingness to step out in faith and do what God had called them to do because they knew that church planting was the most effective way to reach new people. Now, starting a church plant is a massive step of faith because you have to invite people to come to a church with no building, with no free coffee, with no worship band. It's a hard thing to do, as you could imagine. However, they were willing to step out because they knew that this is what God had called them to do. In this scripture that we just read, Moses was saying to God that he wasn't cut out for this calling, that he wasn't made for this. He says things like, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not good enough. I'm slow. I'm hesitant. I'm this. I'm that. Moses knew his limitations and thought that it was about his abilities. He assumed that big things couldn't be done with his abilities. But the Lord, in his kindness, reminded Moses, who, who is it? That gives man his mouth. It is I, the Lord. Basically, what God is saying to Moses is, Moses, yes, you, you're correct. You can't do it at all. And it's a good thing that you don't have to. Friends, family, when we are willing to step out in faith and invite people into the family of God, he will work through us. We don't have to be a good speaker. We don't have to know everything about scripture. No matter who you are, what age or stage of life you find yourself in, you too can be used by God to invite people into this beautiful community. Just like Andrew inviting Simon Peter, just like Philip inviting Nathaniel. Come, come and see. We just have to go for it. We have to step out in faith and go for it. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. So church, let's just go for it. Let's step out this week and see what God does. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Jesus, as we step out this week, may you walk beside us. Holy Spirit, will you speak through us? Father, may we become a people of wide open doors. Father, that people would come and see your goodness. Come and see your glory. Come and see your love. So, Father, bless these people this week. May this word not just be information, God. May it be transformation. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for who you are and for what you've done. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whanau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day. Be blessed.